I felt amazingly serene. It was a strange feeling. I've never had this experience and none of us in this country ever have where this shot will keep you, you know you will not die on a ventilator alone in a hospital. You will not die from this with this one little jab in your arm. It's startling, the simplicity of that. Well, my name is Bonnie McGuire, and I'm a 65-year-old retired high school principal living in the north end of Tacoma, Washington. And I was vaccinated in, I want to say maybe mid-January, first, first shot. This is Transmission. I'm Jennifer Wing. And I'm Will James. For Bonnie McGuire, getting vaccinated was easy. But this window that was open for her back in January slammed shut for a lot of people as soon as demand outstripped supply. And that was the end of Wonderful. Once that demand kicked in, people spent hours online searching for available appointments. At one large-scale vaccine clinic, older people camped overnight to make sure they got a spot in line. There are signs vaccine distribution in Washington state and nationwide is getting better. More doses are coming from the federal government. The State Department of Health says it has reached its goal of having 45,000 shots given each day. But even though access is opening up, especially with the arrival of a third vaccine, this one from Johnson & Johnson, the system can still feel impossible to navigate for older people who are not as skilled at using the internet, especially if the only screen they have is small on a phone. And as Bonnie said, for many people in this vulnerable group, getting that appointment means worrying a little less about dying alone on a ventilator. The scarcity of vaccines has created a sort of new, unofficial profession, vaccine hunters. People like Bonnie who have become experts at getting appointments for those unable to navigate the system by themselves. The system as it sits has a barbed wire fence around it saying, if you can get in, good luck. Good luck. And those of us with uh, wire cutters are getting in. But if you can't afford the wire cutters, you can't get in. Imagine being the 70-year-old or the 65-year-old on your own trying to do this. And you're afraid you can't see your grandchildren. And you're worried that if it gets you, you will be unbelievably ill and possibly dead. It's horrific. Before we get into what Bonnie and her fellow vaccine hunters actually do, this is what it sounds like when the search isn't going so well. This one has two dates that are black and February 4th, Thursday, but when I clicked it, it says no time visits left, and then February 11th also says no visit times left. So I don't know if they had openings and I just missed it, or... And if you look at March, April, May, none of the dates are open. Shoot. This is our boss. Hello, hello, hello. What can I hear? All right. My name's Florangela Davila, and I'm the news director at KNKX. And for the past year, on top of running a newsroom, she's basically had a second job, 
Through the pandemic, Florentula has taken care of her mother and an aunt who helped raise her and another aunt. All three women are in their 70s or 80s. They live in a little house a couple of miles from Florentula. They're immigrated from Colombia about 50-some years ago. They have a yard and they feed their birds and they've been okay emotionally and physically. I deliver their groceries, I do their laundry, so they don't have any reason to leave the house except for medical appointments. But, but my mom has advanced cancer and my other aunt is a cancer survivor from breast cancer. And my other aunt, my second mom, had a stroke in October. You know, when you... I'm not going to cry. You know, the pandemic... Sorry. Um, When the pandemic hits, it makes you think about death. That's a thought that's crossed everybody's mind, no matter what age. When you have a family member who's in the hospital, it amplifies that perspective very directly. I mean, I worry about them all the time. But there's some relief in the thought of getting them a vaccine. For much of the winter, Florangela spent time just about every day on this quest for vaccine appointments for her mom and her two aunts. But like so many people around the country, it's been a daily roller coaster of hope and worry and frustration. This interview with Florangela is from last month. At that point, she was scouring the internet for an appointment for her mom. Meanwhile, her aunt was in a nursing home recovering from the stroke. Florangela's aunt got her first shot at the nursing home but she still needed her second shot and was on track to be discharged before that happened. It was a bureaucratic snag that threatened to leave Florentula's aunt half vaccinated. And that's when this whole vaccine thing became just a kind of a nightmare and a twilight zone. When the first vaccines came out late last year in the US, so many government officials used the same phrase, the light at the end of the tunnel. But for many people, that tunnel has been long and dark and full of obstacles. I really feel really bad for people who don't have family members, who don't have high-speed internet and browsers open and know how to bookmark things and know how to like quickly input information because it, it feels like a total race. It feels like you have this like hourglass counting down and, you know, if only you had logged on a few seconds before and clicked, you start thinking like, maybe the QFC on Mercer Island has an opening, or no one pays attention to the Costco up north, like maybe that's, you know, today's a good day, it's raining, maybe nobody (laughs) wants to go to Costco. I tried to get an appointment for my mom, and my husband was on the couch with his computer open, and we both saw an opening for 2.45 on a Wednesday, and we we both yelled, I have 2.45 on a Wednesday, it's like, great. So he was trying to input my aunt's information. I was trying to input my mom's information. It was like, you're, you're typing in address, zip code, age, all of that. And then you're like, hit continue. And then it said, sorry, this appointment is no longer available. And you think, <laughs> is it because my name is too long? Is it because it didn't type fast enough? If, if I had a shorter address, would, would it have made a difference? So that's kind of the game that you play and every day. Every day. Okay, 
trying to get a vaccine for my mom. Okay, the CLE one is closed. Federal Way Costco. At night, sometimes when I can't sleep, I feel panicked that I should just not be sleeping and I should just be up and going to the computer and checking because who knows, maybe there's an opening. Costco Seattle, that's our Costco. We're sorry, no clinics are available. It's just this dread that just hangs over you every single day. Every time you're not doing something, then you feel guilty that you're not on the computer logged in. Hi, Mom. That's okay, I'll put it right here. Hi, Mom. You can just talk, you don't have to hold it. Hi, my name is Ligia Correa, and I uh, like to talk about it, how hard it is to get the vaccine. My mom is actually, she has a cell phone, she has an iPad, she likes to play games on her computer, so she's pretty good about being technologically savvy. She stayed up late one night and watched the 11 o'clock news. They say that if you call, they have it in here in, uh, in the university, and it was from, by the Swedish hospital that I belong. So I, I immediately uh, wrote the, uh, the website, and I called them, and I make an appointment. And I got a phone call. And she was excited and said, I have an appointment, I have an appointment. Yes, hurry up, it's a midnight. There's a COVID appointment. Something's happening and can, can we go? Can, can we get an appointment? I think it's midnight and I'm trying to sign up. And I was half asleep. I didn't really understand. And she thought that she had made an appointment for midnight the next day. And I thought, hey, that's cool. My mom and I are going to stand in line at some emergency clinic in the middle of the night. When's the last time my mom and I have ever stayed up that late? And I woke up to a text that said, thank you for your visit this past midnight. I later looked up the news stories and realized that there had been an, you know, an emergency opening and a freezer had busted and there were these last minute call and people had raced down to get appointments in Seattle. And... I realized that the midnight appointment my mom had signed up for had happened nine hours earlier, eight hours earlier. So my mom slept in, and I, I think I called her and said, hey, mom, I, I just need to tell you. And she had this long pause. She's like, I don't understand. And I, Mom, it's, it was midnight. It was midnight as in eight hours ago midnight. She said, but I signed up for midnight on whatever date it was. I said, no, mom, that, that's, that passed. And she finally understood, and she was so sad. It was so disappointed. I was so, so disappointed. I don't know. It, it was, it make you angry, the way that they do things like that so fast, and you are old, and sometimes you just confuse, and but anyhow, it's okay. And she later texted me. She's like, why do they have to make it so hard for old people? Why can't they just make it clearer? And I, I think all you want to do as a kid is help your parents. So, um, that's what I'm going to do is just get her an appointment. That's, you know, I'm just gonna wake up every day and play the 
getting the appointment game and it'll be really good when we get to go. What, what do you think it'll feel like when you get your first vaccine? The first vaccine, I feel happy. I will feel very happy. I mean, it's just only some kind of a protection to trying to live a little longer. I mean, the, you, you are already in the house all cook up. I mean, you know, like a prison. At least you get the vaccine and you are more released, more free. At least it's one less stress, one less thing to worry about it. I don't know how come. That's okay. We're going to keep looking for the vaccine, okay, Mom? Okay. And then we're going to go get the vaccine and we're going to have ice cream. Ice cream? <laughs> I haven't had an ice cream in two years, Florangela. Well, if we can get the vaccine, then on that day, we'll get you ice cream. Okay. I love you, Mom. I love you too, Conejita. If this is what it's like for someone who is computer savvy, what's it like for people who are older or just aren't as good at navigating the internet? What if you don't have a Florangela in your life to help you? Then hopefully you can get in touch with Bonnie McGuire. Bonnie is a retired teacher and was the principal of Foss High School in Tacoma. There's nothing that, that can compare to, uh, at least for me, to building high school teenagers into the adults that they become. Bonnie is someone who is good at advocating for others and who knows how to navigate bureaucracies. After she got her COVID vaccine, she started hearing from other friends who qualified but who had trouble finding doses. So I started looking for friends and soon became rather proficient. Then she posted on Nextdoor, a neighborhood online forum, that she was available to help others. And pretty soon I was, I had gotten appointments for about 30, 40 people. And I talked to a friend of mine, also retired from the school district, and we started chatting. And so we decided we'll do this together. And this is how a vaccine hunter is born. So we started calling people who then began calling people who then began calling people. Then we called another friend who was an HR director. So we had a retired principal, retired lawyer for the school district. Uh, retired HR director and retired research and evaluation uh, expert, a doctorate from Stanford, super smart. At this point, Bonnie and her tech-savvy friends are signing up four or five people a day for vaccines. It felt pretty productive, to tell you the truth, when people were telling us they couldn't find any slots. Then someone called King 5 News. Within a day and a half, we had over 4,000 emails. And then we knew, oh dear, we're in serious trouble. The group brings in reinforcements. Again, they're all women, and they all worked in education. They each take different roles. One sets up automatic replies for the emails pouring in. Another woman sets up a system that automatically populates spreadsheets. And the spreadsheet was for the bookers, and I'm one of the bookers, began to be our place of just grabbing people. And we would kind of look for couples or the, the most elderly or the most frail. 
we are constantly at this from the time we wake up between seven and nine, we're retired, kind of depends, and till often midnight, minimum 10 to 14 hours a day. All of us are on this. And I think the most we've ever scheduled in one day is 50. And that was when the sites were rich, where vaccine had just poured into the state. Uh, A bad day is when all of us, all nine of us, come up with three or four. And even then, that feels like a win when you get something. It's more of a gambling addiction, gratifying. (laughs) It's more of that damn rush (laughs) of you got it, you won. And then you make somebody very happy. And I love that. And I love knowing that they feel the same unbelievable, peaceful safety that I felt. That's, it's wonderful. What are the, what are the things that are preventing people from, from being successful in in, in securing a, a dose? If you didn't do a lot of communicating by way of typing with a need to go fast, this is a horrible barrier. Age is a barrier. Money is a barrier. Internet costs money. The poor, the uneducated, those who are essential workers who are working long, hard hours don't have the time to put in to make those searches for their parents or grandparents or themselves if they're caregivers. It is the most inequitable system I think I have ever seen. Bonnie says some appointments take a really long time to book. One obstacle can be making an appointment for a caregiver who, for safety reasons, cannot be away from their loved one for any long stretch of time. In one case in Seattle, in the uh, university district area, a couple in their 80s, he has dementia, she's very sharp and on the ball. She can't be gone for more than 45 minutes to an hour. So she could do children's, which is in her neighborhood, and she could do any of the local stores or pharmacies in her neighborhood, no more than five miles. And it took us about three weeks and we were finally able to grab uh, a Safeway right near her where she could go and come back within half an hour. the hard way the state site was extraordinarily clunky not user-friendly not suitable for seniors let alone people who don't speak English and it was always a race to the finish and when you're 85 years old it doesn't matter how well you type you haven't typed for your life in quite some time so by the if someone is two keystrokes ahead of you which might be the 78 year old you're gonna lose that appointment So far, this elite crew of vaccine hunters has booked appointments for more than 500 people. Aside from the time and the dedication that they put into this, how do they do this? Bonnie says one trick is instead of going to the State Department of Health website, go to the national websites for Safeway and Kroger. It's easier to zoom in and out on a map to see where doses are available. Safeway is a piece of cake. Kroger's, though I like it, is not so easy. You have to really understand what you're doing. They have a list of, okay, here's your appointment. Now schedule your second dose. 
but if you don't know to look at the bottom where it says, okay, February 25th, so your second dose will be March 21st through March 28th. So you have to look specifically for those dates. If you're not aware that that's what that little notation means, you're going to pick a wrong date and they're not going to let you have it. So you go back and meanwhile, those appointments are disappearing, disappearing right in front of your eyes. So there are a lot of stressors in this situation that are making people feel like, why should I? Why should I even bother? It'll just happen when it happens. Bonnie and her friends know that many of the barriers they are pushing through are leaving out communities of color. In Washington, Black and Latino people are not being vaccinated at the same rate as white people. So Bonnie has started reaching out to people in Tacoma's Black community to find those who need help booking an appointment. So this guy's a mover and shaker. His name is James Walton. Bonnie knows him as Jim. Retired uh, city manager, city of Tacoma. Jim helped run Tacoma about 20 years ago. He's African-American, and when he became eligible for a vaccine, he wasn't able to make the appointment on his own. He got help from some friends. So when Bonnie called Jim to ask him if he knew of any people from the Black community who needed help, he knew that if he needed assistance, then others probably needed it too. He sent some people to Bonnie. And boom, I'm getting calls from people from his church who have been trying, who have no idea how to get to this. Bonnie um, kind of took it to another level because um, I uh, called a couple of people who uh, was having difficulty getting scheduled. I hit on my magic links and Rolodexing through. Up come, completely unknown to me that they were opening up this site, a multi-care university site on East Main in Puyallup. There were about 20 slots. I grabbed two of them. And it was just seemed like a miracle. Uh, I wasn't very trusting it uh, to begin with because they made it seem so easy when I had difficulty and other people that I was talking to had difficulty. Uh, but um, uh, the system they put in place really was was working. But there was a problem. The people Bonnie booked appointments for had no way to get from Tacoma to Puyallup. So Bonnie asked Jim if he could give them a ride. And he said, absolutely. I ended up being uh, backed into being a, a source of transportation for uh, three families. Not only did Jim give these folks rides to Puyallup, he gave one of them a wheelchair. It's the wheelchair his wife used before she died several years ago. The person needed it to get in and out of Jim's car and to wait in line at the vaccination site. I just happened to have a wheelchair. Now, how many people are sitting around with a wheelchair in their basement just waiting for someone to call? It was a struggle to get this person in because of all the things that I take for granted that many able-bodied people do, you don't realize how difficult it is to get someone in the back of your vehicle who uh, is struggling to uh, lift their limbs. When Jim got to the location in Puyallup where the vaccinations were happening, he saw other people who needed help. Watching people in that 
and that line and how they're struggling with uh, their limitations and all of that kind of stuff, it just, it just grabs your heart. Not enough attention is being paid to the people that you expect to come to your site. How are you going to deal with all of their issues? Another observation Jim had that day as he waited in his car, in the long line that stretched outside the building, there were very few people of color. This did not surprise him. This is just how our systems work. They don't work well for certain populations. If you're poor, if you're black and brown, there are barriers that uh, the larger community, uh, they just don't have the appreciation for. And, 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 and they are major. Uh, they don't start uh, from those populations and design systems up. Uh, the health department, the people who are in the public health people, this is what they do and they're dedicated, et cetera. But they have a way of doing their business. The people in the hospitals and clinics, um, they're in the business not only to provide health care, but to make money. They have a system of how they do things. And so then if you want to benefit from that, you have to behave in a way that uh, is convenient for them, not convenient uh, for you. That's, quote, your problem. That's not my problem. So that is why many of the issues are systemic. People will do what it is in their best interest. And I'm not bad-mouthing uh, uh, people who are seniors who happen to be uh, white and, and, and privileged to benefit from these systems, that's just the way the world is here in America. It's up to me if, if I want to see a different outcome for the African-American community, then I need to step up and do something about it. Jim says he's going to continue to reach out to people in the circles he travels in to see if he can help more people get vaccinated. And I checked in again with the vaccine hunter, Bonnie, and she says the arrival of more doses is wonderful. But she says for the elderly, getting a dose is still like swimming in a shark tank. Now that teachers are being vaccinated, she says there is a lot more competition. The website for Bonnie's group is vaccinebookerswashington.com. And if you didn't catch that, we have a link to it at our website, knkx.org. And after that interview with our boss, Florangela, she did score some appointments. One aunt, the one who is in the nursing home, is now fully vaccinated. The other aunt has gotten one shot, and her mom ended up getting a shot at a pop-up event at a Catholic church in South Seattle. Florangela and her mom did not get ice cream afterward, but there's always the second dose. She's scheduled to get that soon. Transmission is made with the help of the KNKX Newsroom. This episode was produced by me, Jennifer Wing, and Will James. Jeffrey Reddick was our editor. Florangela Davila is our executive producer. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time on Transmission. Transmission.